The name of this session is Preaching and Healing the Whole Gospel. So if that's not the session you thought you were coming to, this would be the least awkward time for you to get up and leave. (laughs) Okay, so um, if this has been a good conference for you, I'd like to hear someone praise the Lord for it. Yeah. Amen. I agree with you. Uh, The Lord has blessed us with wonderful weather, wonderful speakers, and wonderful attendees. This has just been such a blessing in my life. I hope it has been in yours, too. I'm Linda Webster. Um, I represent Empower, and our ministry, we focus on our our core strength is that we go uh, to a foreign country. We train national believers in about five days how to do dental extractions. And we actually have proof that we do it very well. Um, There's been a study that was conducted that compared American dentists with the Ghanaian community dental health workers, and the results are very favorable for the Ghanaian community dental health workers. So what we do is very effective, and we feel confident of that. Um, We do dental, but we don't want to stop at dental. We rolled out our medical modules last year, We had one of our dentists who was convinced that it was good to take dentistry, but we also needed to empower the national believers with more Bible teaching. So this is a guy who hates public speaking, but he spent a full week in uh, Uganda this year teaching the local pastors Bible. Um, And we we started microenterprise this year, too. So think of us as really good at dental, but think of us as always wanting to do other things. Welcome. Okay, can we just open in prayer? God, we just we thank you for this day. Lord, we worship you, we praise you, we adore you. We thank you for the ways that you demonstrate your incomprehensible love for us. God, we just ask you to teach us to love you increasingly. Show, show us how we can serve you willingly. And God, just... With, by some miracle, increase our, our love for you and decrease our love for self. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Um, on a trip to Kenya, one of my friends decided to be more intentional about sleeping during the flight from Nairobi, from Amsterdam to Nairobi. When she shared with our group that she planned to take a Samanex, one of the dentists said, Oh, no, no, take an Ambien plus a Samanex. So my friend Lisa Benson, is she's um, pretty compliant, so she took both pills. And uh, I can tell you, those two drugs together work very well. Eight hours later on her final approach into Nairobi, Lisa was still a little groggy, but she was uh, alert enough to say she'd had a great flight, as though she would have known. But this is a classic example of potentiation. And potentiation is defined as the enhancement of one agent by another, so that the combined effect is greater than the sum of the effects of each alone. And we can see that potentiation worked for Lisa. But let's think about how potentiation might work in our lives too. You may not be an evangelist. You may not be trained as a preacher. But you are still compelled by scripture to make disciples of all men. As part of the Great Commission community, let's pray desperately for ways to be potentiated. Let's pray for ways that our ministries that we represent can be potentiated. 
As brothers and sisters in Christ, let's work cooperatively so that our combined effect will be vastly greater than the sum of each of us alone. God, let us be the generation to take God's name to the ends of the earth. I have the honor of working with a bunch of people who are like-minded in our desire to have God's glory taken to the nations. But we see that our limitations of culture, language, and life keep us from reaching our potential. The beauty of what we do at Empower is that we partner with national believers in their own countries, in their own villages. The people we partner with know their language. They know their culture. They know their people. And they know Jesus. When we partner with them to give them skills that address the physical needs of their own people, we achieve potentiation by increasing their status in the community, by building up the local church, and by breaking down barriers to the gospel. This requires a partnership of Western believers who have a skill they want to impart and national believers who have a vision to expand their ministry. If they can acquire a skill that will allow them to go in the name of Christ and offer both physical and spiritual healing, they can be more effective evangelists, pastors, and leaders. The community dental health workers trained by Empower go in the name of Christ with hope and healing for the nations. Today, uh, Dr. Eric Langelier, he's one of our uh, lead dentists, and he's led several trips for Empower. He's going to tell you a little bit about the, uh, how the field of dentistry has potentiated scores of Western professionals and hundreds of national believers. set my timer here so we don't go crazy this morning. Well, it's nice to see a few more faces out there. <clears throat> it was looking like it wasn't going to be quite so much when we started. So uh, thanks for showing up. I know I'm going to be real honest. Uh, when I come to the conference, the 8 o'clock Saturday session is, this is my first time seeing the 8 o'clock Saturday <laughs> session. So, uh, you know, I guess just so you know that. Um, thank you. So, um, so this idea of potentiation, um, it's really got some kind of phenomenal principle to it, okay? But really kind of I want to step back from that a little bit, and I just kind of want to ask so I kind of know, how many dentists do we have in here this morning? So a few, a few here. Uh, anyone else in the dental field? A couple? Okay. All right. Um, well, so, you know, when we kind of start talking about the whole idea of the way Empower is doing um, this dental mission, and just kind of the other modules for that matter. Um, you know, we really, they're built off certain kind of principles. And so we really, we need a kind of a foundation to build off of to understand how we kind of got to where we're at, and then this is how we're doing it and why we're doing it, okay? So, you know, like when I sit down with a patient, and they come to my office for the first time, and we start talking about uh, foundation. And so, you know, in our world, what that looks like is um, a person's periodontal health. And so everything builds off of that, you know. And so we spend some time really going over, hey, um, you know, that's great that I know you've got this toothache, but, you know, so here's the problem. It's actually not the tooth. 
it's, it's kind of the foundation. And, and we really need to work on that foundation before we can kind of get to the other problems that are existing in your mouth. And, and you know, we, we see that everywhere. You know, uh, what's the first thing you do when you build a house? You don't put the roof on, right? It's, you, you work on the foundation first, okay? So uh, this whole idea is that we've, we've really we've got to uh, get to a point where um, we're actually talking about apples and apples when we start talking about how we're, how we're doing this dental mission work um, that we've been doing in the past uh, five to seven years now. So, um, you know, the, the thing is, is you kind of hear a little bit about it and you go, okay, this just seems a little kind of crazy, a little bit radical maybe. Um, but but here's the, here's the thing. Uh, you know, when Christ came and he, uh, you know, was talking about the kingdom to come and, and what he was doing, the things that he did were very uh, radical for a Jewish person. Um, they were out there uh, and really didn't fit into to that kind of quote-unquote culture, really. Um, and, and really, even today, when you think back to before you were a Christian, maybe you can't remember that far back. I don't know. I know I, I can remember back that far before I was a Christian and thinking um, that Christians were... They were kind of crazy people, um, and they were, they were weird, and they did things differently. Um, and I, I hope that you actually ran into those kind of people, that you saw other Christians that were, they were, they were radical, they were crazy. They, they just didn't really make sense in, in, in their, what I would call their ethos, okay? just what really is making up what's driving them. Okay, and but now think to the other side of that coin when when Christ and the Holy Spirit brought you to this point of of conversion, like Daniel talked about last night. It's what the Holy Spirit does for us, and now you kind of stand on this side of it and go, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I get it. Okay, and so really the only thing that changed, and and that is your kind of your perspective and your foundation that you're building off of. Okay, so um, I like to kind of look back at Christ's life and see what kind of he did. Um, I think he'd probably he'd give some pretty good examples of, you know, kind of how to do things. And so I think that's, you know, probably a pretty good place to start. Um, I know when I try and make things up myself, it typically doesn't go so well. Um, so just kind of looking back on Christ's life in just a real general um, sense, um, he, you know, he trained, he, he trained others. He spent a majority of his time actually with 12 people. Uh, and there's an instance where he sent 72 out. Um, he spoke to a lot of crowds, but he did a lot of discipleship and training. And uh, he knew a couple things. Uh, well, actually, he knew everything. But <laughs> there's a couple things in particular that really mattered in this instance, and in that uh, he knew he wasn't going to be around forever. And he knew the power of um, multiplication or um, potentiation, really, for that matter. Uh, and so, you know, he's he's kind of laid out this little bit of a blueprint of um, how, how can we kind of expand the kingdom uh, in a real in a real simple way? So I, I think that's really important. So you know, please don't. I don't think this is um, sacrilegious, but I really feel like you know Christ really he planted a lot of seeds in, in people. I mean, he obviously he was God on earth, and and there's a lot of people that um, just by coming in, in contact with that came to belief. But there's also people that didn't. And, you know, he still planted those seeds along the way in kind of what he was doing. 
And so someone is, well, that's God, still planted seeds and someone else still did the harvesting. Uh, and so I think that's kind of a, that's another really important factor to kind of remember as we are forming this foundation and um, that really we, we understand that a little bit because Jesus kind of focused his ministry to the Jewish people. Uh, you know, the woman at the well, she was a little bit of a um, anomaly, I guess you could say, in that, you know, she wasn't Jewish. Uh, and that was our kind of one instance that I can think off the top of my head that gave us an instance of him ministering and uh, to a non-Jewish person. So I, I think there's some significance to, to that as well. So as we kind of start to condense that and roll that together and go, okay, so that, that's great. Um, thanks for the you know 122nd Bible lesson there that really didn't include any scripture, but just a lot of good um, summation. So what is that? What's that really mean? What's that doing? Uh, and what does that really mean for how we do dental missions? And I, and I think it, it, you know, it has it has a lot to do with how we how we approach things. Um, our few dentists in here, uh, how how big is your? Is, do you have a lot of dentists kind of close by? Um, are you the only dentist in the county kind of deal? I know I practiced in Illinois. I was one of two dentists in the county. Uh, now where I'm I'm at, it's it's not so much. Okay, so you know there's different situations even in our in our own culture here. Um, I, I live by Grand Rapids. There's about 190,000 people in Grand Rapids proper. Um, I, last night I Googled Dennis Grand Rapids and I got over you know close to 600 names, and I was like oh, 690,000. Yeah, that's you know still pretty much in our favor, but um, but that's our culture that we kind of live and operate in. Okay, so. Um, so what else? The other thing I did is I thought, well, all right, where is a place that we've been that this, you know, it was just crazy that I couldn't believe the number of dentists that were there on the other end of the spectrum. And so I, I looked up Liberia. And Liberia, up to May of this year, had, um, they, this is crazy, they had six dentists. Uh, in May, one of the, you know, U.S. dentists that was there, he moved back to the U.S. Uh, so now they only have five. So... Uh, can anyone tell me what the population of Liberia is? I'd be amazed, actually, if you could tell me. No, 4.1 million. Okay, so there's five dentists that take care of 4.1 million people. Um, I have trouble reconciling that and understanding how that actually works out. I know I'm one of 600 dentists, and... 190,000 area, and there's days I don't really feel like I can do much more than what I do. Uh, so, boy, that, that's a little bit of a struggle. Sorry about that. Um, so, how do we, how do we get, how do we get past that? How do we, how are we able to really um, create some potentiation. So here's here's kind of the funny thing. So you know, Lisa, she takes these two drugs, and I, you know, I wasn't there, but uh, you know, the, I'm assuming they about had to carry her off the plane. So uh, would have been kind of funny. Uh, personally, um, I have my own experience with 
sleep medications on mission trip, uh, and it kind of goes the other way. I actually normally take a fenugrin, which is an anti-nausea medication that typically makes you, uh, you know, sleepy, and an Ambien. And I normally will get maybe four hours of sleep on that. So for me, uh, it doesn't potentiate so well. So, you know, the whole idea of potentiation is um, really speaks to as well of what we do in that in my culture of my body, that potentiation doesn't work. And uh, it's just a it's a separate, different environment. For whatever reason, the way God made me, those things don't line up and don't potentiate well. Um, or I guess you could look at it the other way. Is I could take as many drugs as I want and I'll still be okay. <laughs> Maybe not so much. But, uh, so, but this idea of how that works is, again, speaks to and is a great physical example of um, back to our foundation. And when we start talking about culture and how we're not the same as Liberia culturally. It, it doesn't work the same. And so this, this idea that um, we can do the same thing uh, as what, and what we do here and expect the same results, it really doesn't line up. Uh, it's just like the sleep medication. It just because of the different culture that's there, we can't do the same things. Okay. So now I'm trying to pull all that together because that was kind of a little here and there. And so, so really, when we start talking about this this module, that I'll kind of get in the process a little bit, is that um, the principle and foundation that we work off of is is one that culturally it's it's different. And so um, it needs a different strategy, okay? And we come from this framework of, well, if I want dental work done, I'm just going to find a dentist. Uh, And that's our mindset. And that's a great mindset for our culture, um, but it it doesn't always line up. So, you know, it's Saturday morning uh, here in Louisville. You could probably feel a toothache. Um, hopefully, especially in this place, you could find somebody to help you. But let's pretend that this isn't a medical conference. You could get a hold of somebody this morning and take care of your toothache. And you could drive over there, and it would probably take you 15, 20 minutes to get to where you're going and get yourself taken care of this morning. Okay? We just got back from India at the end of September. And um, and this is nothing new to India. Uh, it's like this everywhere we go, it seems like. But... There was people that walked five, seven, ten days to seek dental treatment because they heard somehow that there was a dental clinic happening in this very remote place. And so they made their way there. Um, You know, it wasn't quite as convenient as we would imagine. Okay? So one of the biggest objections to what we do is how can you put something that really should be done by a dentist in the hands of somebody that's not a dentist. Um, and and that's where our, our framework has to come into play here. because So here's the reality. What I love to see people in Northeast India treated by somebody that has gone to dental, for, dental school for four years and can just deliver, you know, crowns and bridges and implants, um, fillings, Periodontal therapy, whatever it is, absolutely. Well, that would be phenomenal. But 
this is the reality that we live in. That there's places in Northeast India, just like Liberia, that it's just not going to happen. So we, we start to talk about what's the next best thing. Well, you know, I guess think about if you were there and you had a toothache. What's the next best thing? If you, don't, if you couldn't find a classically trained dentist, would you want to see somebody that was trained by a classically trained dentist that had some kind of knowledge of what's going on? Is able to give you some anesthetic uh, and take care of your problem 90% of the time? Or do you want to call your brother and say, I, I've, got, I've got to get this taken care of. Can we figure out a way to get this tooth out? And it becomes a trial and error kind of situation. So, I, you know, I, I know what I would choose. Um, I, maybe you like to live out on the edge a little farther than I do. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I'll take the guy that at least had a few days of training. So, so as we kind of walk through this, just keep in mind that the point of what we do um, and how we deliver dental care is is built around this idea of for the culture, for um, expediency of care as well. Uh, it it really becomes the best model. Okay, so going back a little bit of my journey, um, about two years ago, uh, I. Um, I sold my practices. I was had part ownership of four different practices in East Central Illinois and felt like maybe God was calling us to a little something different. And I was on board for um, for training lay pastors how to extract teeth and was really part of what drove me in missions. Uh, but I felt like maybe God was calling us out to something different. And so that started about two years ago and we uh, started going through this process. We sold our house uh, it was kind of right at the time of everything was kind of falling to pieces in the real estate market. We put our house in the market, and within 30 days it sold. And we lived on 27 acres and house, you know, a nice house in, out in the country. And it was kind of it was kind of an oddity in the area. And so it was amazing. We're like, okay, yeah, hey, God wants us to go and park ourselves in a foreign country and do um, foreign missions as dental, in, in the dentistry area. And so we started to walk through that process of what does it look like and we we took our whole family and we spent a couple weeks in Thailand and um, we came home going well gosh I don't I don't know and we started wrestling with this idea again of is this the best way um, should we do this well two years later and a whole lot of wrestling with God um, you know I'm back on the other side of going no I, I still believe that this is the best way because my foundation in my framework continues to tell me that uh, maybe I could be dedicated enough and, you know, stick it out, and we would probably really enjoy it, because, I mean, I like to travel, and so does my family, um, but what what really drives it is, you know, it was going to take me 10 years to kind of actually get through all the hoops I needed to jump through in Thailand to really kind of officially practice or do whatever I wanted to do not have to have any legal, legal repercussions. And even after 10 years, I still really wouldn't be culturally relevant. And so, again, back to kind of some of that foundation and that principle uh, seared us away from that to, to the realization of um, it's not really about dentistry. 
because you know I could I could take this tooth out and that person's still going to go to hell. So what was really the point? Um, and I was not okay with that at, at all. Um, you know I love oral surgery. <laughs> you know it's the most fun part of my day. And a weird kind of way, sorry. Um, but, you know, uh, but I'm more not okay with people going to hell just because I wanted to have my fun and extract teeth. Um, and so I had to kind of make some decisions and really decide, is this foundation that we've kind of built on, is it worth launching off of that foundation? And, and the answer was yes. Uh, I was, um, again, reconfirmed, reconvicted to this process of, uh, as Linda said so eloquently, potentiation, uh, I think is a, is a great way to look at it. Uh, because we're not irrelevant, uh, just because we're not culturally relevant doesn't mean we're irrelevant as practitioners, as um, people that are willing to make connections uh, and use this tool. Because uh, that's really what it is. It's a tool. It's uh, it's a little bit different looking. It may sound a little scarier, but it's just another tool for the gospel. Okay. So that's kind of that's our foundation. That's kind of a little bit of um, uh, that kind of ethos behind really how we want to drive this ministry. And uh, I know personally, I I go back to this all the time. I'm going, okay. So what's the why? Because uh, the how is actually really easy, believe it or not. So I could take any one of you that's not in the dental field right now, and we could spend probably actually two or three days together, and I could send you out, and you could do this ministry. And that may sound shocking, but that's really the truth. And um, so the process is simple. So, um, you know, we travel to an area, and we spend about two days um, doing uh, classroom work, and actually now we've kind of got down to about, it's like a day and a half. And as a matter of fact, this last trip to India, uh, I had a delay and I was supposed to be leading the trip. And so I was a day behind everyone, which was kind of funny. Uh, Wayne didn't think it was so funny, but I, I was kind of laughing a little bit. Um, and I got there the second, the start of the second day, and they were, they were already through all the material. Uh, they, they spoke English very well, which made it extremely easy. And so literally I got there that night and they're like, all right. We, uh, uh, that's my 20 minutes. We got a few more minutes. So this is kind of like when I get up in the morning too. I set my alarm nine minutes early. So I've got one snooze. So that's my snooze. Okay. So, so, um, I got there and they're like, so we got through all the material and, you know, they, neither one of them had taught the material all the way through. So they're like, I, I think we got it all, but uh, you know, I know it usually takes a day and a half or two days. So. Let's maybe get up in the morning and we'll do some review. And so we did. And we spent about, I'm not kidding, we spent about an hour and a half doing review. And I was like, these, these guys have it. Let's give each other injections and let's get started seeing patients. And so uh, Monday they did the classroom stuff without me. Uh, we spent Tuesday morning, I guess, cleaning up, so to speak. And Tuesday afternoon, and they were off and going. So in a day and a half, they were giving injections. Uh, they were extracting teeth. Um, I think that first day in the afternoon, we probably just extracted like 18 teeth or something. So it wasn't this like amazing, you know, amount like, wow. In two days, they were like, 
you know, teeth were flying and people were being saved kind of thing, okay? Um, but the reality is we got to Wednesday, and and really this is the first time it ever happened, but we got to Wednesday and I was like, if, if they kicked us out of the country today, I would be okay with telling them to keep on, you know, keep practicing. We'll, hopefully we'll see you in a year and, uh, you know, just do, do a good work. So... Um, and so we went, got through the rest of the week, and we graduated um, five out of our seven, six out of our seven, five out of our seven students, um, and they were good. They were really good. Uh, I would, you know, I was actually literally one night, uh, I was laying in bed, and I was, like, I caught myself actually grinding my teeth. I thought, oh, man, if I break a tooth off, I'm going to be so honking mad. And, but then I thought, you know what, if I broke a tooth right now, what would I do? I was like, you know, there's two other American doctors here. Would I, like, quietly wake them up in the middle of the night and say, okay, can you pull this tooth right now and we'll worry about it when we get back in the States? I thought, no, you know, these guys are so good. I would let them pull my tooth. And that was, like, the moment for me. That was, like, the pinnacle of, like, all the ministry that we've done up to this point. was like, wow, I actually found students that I would let pull my tooth. And that was kind of a... That was kind of a big moment. It was kind of a big deal. And so, you know, the process itself, it's, you know, I hope I don't offend anyone else from Empower, but um, I think they would probably agree that it's it's really not a very special process in the sense that there's no magic bullets that we have. You know, we don't have, like, this super curriculum. Um, but what we do have is um, this idea of potentiation and that God is blessing that. And... He is using that in amazing ways. And it shows up on day two when I'm like, there's people in my dental school class that didn't understand this much after the second day of dental school. How in the world do they know so much already? And I think that really goes back to God. Um, and then to kind of just kind of finish this and round it off is, you know, back, pardon me, back to the cultural, um, you know, we had a kind of cool experience this time. We actually ate at three different, um, well, one pastor and two other two of our students. We had to go eat in their houses in the evenings and ex- really experience um, kind of just where they live, where they eat, how they do things. Um, and it was different. We sat on the floor uh, one night. We ate out of uh, big banana leaves and had the rice, and you know they brought the dishes out and they cooked it right there. It was really cool from a perspective of. Um, Wow, I've never got to experience this before. But the reality is it very much spoke to the cultural difference and that we don't eat on the floor. You know, I don't ever serve people food in a leaf. Um, those things just don't happen in my world. And it was awkward. I mean, it was, you know, like they were kind of like they wanted to share their culture with us, which was beautiful. Um, but it was also kind of like... I kind of felt a little bit like they were looking out of the corner of their eye going, are they enjoying this experience or is this just like give me a table experience? Um, and the reality is it was just that cultural clash and that, that foundation was a little bit different in how we do things. Um, so that's kind of how we roll through that. Like I said, it's, it's simple. I mean, I could show you, you know, the material that we go through, um, but it really, it all stems from this principle and foundation that we that we work off of. And the process is 
it's just the process. And um, so we spend we spend a lot of time talking about it being a process and a tool, and it's it's really about sharing the gospel. So is Francis here? No. Okay. So this morning, uh, Lori's going to kind of finish up just a little bit, and then we're going to have, I think, just a few minutes, uh, maybe about 10 minutes of question and answer. Um, and, and if you have any kind of questions, if you really want to know more about the process, or Sorry, Francis is here. Francis is here. Phen- phenomenal. Okay. Well, we have another special guest this morning. Francis is going to come up. Uh, there he is. And Francis is from Ghana. Why don't you come on up, Francis, and we'll start getting you uh, switched over and mic'd up here. And uh, just a, very recently, there was training done in Ghana. This training was done, um, and they're, they're doing the ministry. And so we'll let Francis kind of just talk just a little bit about um, their experience in Ghana and how they're using this ministry. And then he's going to finish out by praying for us. story I gave yesterday. Uh, about three weeks ago, a team of doctors came to train uh, uh, 15 students. Five of them were coming to do review because they were trained last year in dental, lay dentistry ministry, and nine of them were new. So it was a very large class. Um, but it worked out well. Those who are doing review, the five of them, on the first day, they were given some patients to work on, and they did a very good job. So they were told they need to create space for the nine students who needed to be to extract at least 20 teeth before graduation. Um, one of the young men who came comes from the region near Burkina Faso, um, northern Mali, uh, northern Ghana, and he's a teacher by profession. But he came after they had been trained in... Uh, or holistic ministry to develop a mindset of how to reach their own people, sharing the gospel and showing the love of God. So normally we get a group of uh, uh, believers chosen by the church and then we train them before we give them a skill. So a ministry like late industry or early childhood comes after that initial training because uh, it helps them to understand that how can we reach our communities in a practical way. So William came with four other people, uh, chosen by three churches. And one of the things when he came, he said, oh, before I came, I read a lot of uh, about head, I mean, biology about the head. This is a teacher. He doesn't teach biology in school. But he was very excited to be trained. Uh, they went through the training. He was one of the best students. And uh, they went back. We gave them their tools, their dental chair, equipment, uh, we wrote the letters to the government, to the local government, to allow them to practice. And they went back, and by that time I was traveling. But when he went, uh, the first time, the, no patients came. So now I was called, I said, that is very strange, because in that district, there are no dentists. But we realized the issue was the awareness process. So they did it again, and two days ago, they got patients. Five patients, they uh, went through uh, the students who have done review, some of them went to coach them and help them. 
And we praise God that while they told us that these three pastors, they're going to start reaching out to the whole district. They're going to do mobile camps because the churches are long distances. And one of the things I thank God is when I see them is, I remember one of the students came and told me, you know, thank you for coming for our country. I'm not a Ghanaian, I'm a Kenyan uh, working in Ghana because you have given us a ministry to reach our own people in a way that they will respect us. Because in that culture, uh, one region is Islamic, in this region is a very strong African traditional religion. And there is persecution. They harass believers if you don't cooperate in their culture. But because of this ministry, when someone is sick, you are sick, whether you are a Muslim, a Hindu, a pagan, you need help. And that's the time now they listen. And we train them to share the gospel. All the patients that come through the clinics, they hear the word of God in their own language. So for us, uh, it's a way of extending uh, the love of God. Because uh, there are many people who reach, there are many villages without the gospel. But how do you go in a way that they will listen to you? If you don't have something to show them that God loves them. Sharing the word is good. But showing the love of God is better. And that's how we see the training our students, uh, lay workers receive that. It's helping them. The clinic where we have been working uh, for the last one year when the other students were trained, we have seen more than 2,000 patients. Uh, all of them have heard the gospel. Some of them have gone to heaven. They have passed away, but they heard the gospel. The pastors have counseled them. We have seen uh, Muslims who have gone up to pilgrimage in Mecca but when they are sick they come and they listen to the gospel and we have pastors who follow up to know that they will continue working with the Lord so I just say that is a good way of empowering people and the good thing when the doctors leave we shall continue our, our hope is to cover northern Ghana and try to start working the neighboring countries which are French speaking and that one is a greater challenge we have a friend who worked in Mali, and the need is very big. Some of the French-speaking countries is a challenge in everything. Gospel, uh, skills, ministering to people. So we hope that uh, those who are planning to come, there's an open door for you. Share your skill. Empower our people, and the gospel will be preached. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning again. Thank you, Father, for this day you have given us. Thank you for this time of sharing. Lord, we thank you that in this day you are still releasing new ways of reaching our people. And I thank you for this ministry and those who are interested in empowering our people in our continent to minister to great needs that we have. I am praying that, Lord, you may continue to give us grace to continue to give us wisdom, to continue to give us courage to go out and show the love of God and share the gospel. We praise you for those who have received the word of God, for those who have come back to say thank you for coming. And Lord, we look forward Lord, to greater multiplication. Even as you said in your word, that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world and then the end will come. Father, I pray for each one of us that we will be part of it. In Jesus' name we pray.
Yes, we do have a question. What are the opportunities as a dentist to go? How often and what parts of the world? Well, we would. Is this. That was recording. This one's on the room. Oh, sorry. We would love for you to go with us. Okay, so the question is what are the opportunities to go? And what was the follow up, the rest of that? What are the opportunities, how often, and where do you go? Okay. What are the opportunities, how often, and where do we go? Uh, the opportunities are endless. Um, we would love for a dentist to come with us on a training trip, see how we do this, grab that vision, and be willing to go back to their own church and say, wait, you know, we minister with a group in this other country that Empower's never even heard of. Let's take the training there. Uh, you know, I would love for the nurse practitioner to say, okay, yeah, you do dentistry really well. Let's make sure you do medicine really well. There are some things that you can give to these lay pastors that will empower them. Um, so any, no, no boundaries. How often do we, how often can you go? We'd like you to go with us on every trip. <laughs> okay. And we're exploding. Uh, two years ago, I think we had four trips. Last year, we had maybe 10. And we hope we have 20 this, this year. We're just getting our calendar set. Um, I don't know if it's a result of the countries that we work with, but they don't really care about your six-month recall schedule. And so <laughs> so we, we always say, you know, we, let's get this six months in advance. And typically, we get our trips lined up four months in advance. So you can see we're working in 2013 right now for about February and March. Um, what Did that answer your question? Where do we go? Thank you. Uh, we're going to the harder and harder countries. Um, we've been to Uganda several times. We've been to India. This year we went to a restricted area in India, way up in northeast India. We had to stop at the police station, three, di three different police stations, and check in. And we had to have restricted area permits to get there, and we were watched the whole time we were there. Government officials were coming and going during the training. But it, it was uh, an exciting time for us. This year we're going to Chad. This is what we have on the schedule so far. Chad in Indonesia. And someone help me here. Myanmar. Oh, Pakistan, yes, Pakistan. And we're India, India and um, oh, yes, Papua New Guinea and Mozambique. And we hope to go back to, we were in Zambia last year. All of the countries we've been to, we always hope to go back for a follow-up. But we actually have to wait till we're invited. <coughs> Another question? I was curious within your methodologies and training how you work the gospel that's a great question. How do in our in our teaching how do we work in the gospel? Um, on our last training, I loved how the the lead dentist began it. He sat down with the students before we ever started, and he kind of gave them their charge to begin with, telling them that you know they were the ones who would stay after we left, 
They were the ones that we were looking to to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We encouraged them to pray with every student, I'm sorry, every patient before they begin treatment. And I can tell you that on that first half day of clinic after they've done the local anesthetic for each other, they're not praying. They're praying inside, but they, they're so nervous. They don't pray with the patient. But by this, the second day of clinic, they, they get it. They start getting this vision. You know, they recognize the great power that we have given them by giving them this simple tool. Because now they, it's like instant credibility, instant respect. And literally, you know, that, that Muslim person that you know down the road, they won't speak to you because you're a believer. But when they have dental pain, they're going to come sit in your chair, and they'll speak to you, and they'll listen to anything that you have to say. I'm sorry, did I got off on a tangent. Did that answer your question? You said that, that basically the, the dentists pray with their patients before they begin the treatment, or the, the lay dentists. Yes, know. the lay dentists pray with their patients. And it's part of the responsibility of our dentists who are doing the training to give that charge to the students all up and down the the line. Um, I know when Eric teaches, we'll close the day of classroom and he'll go, okay, so what's the most important thing that we talked about today? And they're going, uh, the cross shot? How many roots are on that um, premolar? And he'll go, no, no, no. The most important thing that we talked about is that the only reason we're doing this is that the gospel can be proclaimed and you'll be the one who's doing it. Yeah. I, I like to tell people, and I don't mean this totally, but really we don't care that much about teeth. What we care about is that God's name is proclaimed. And if we do it through teeth, that's exciting because we have a whole bunch of people who are like-minded in that. We have another question? Does Empower look into which countries it's actually you know, legal? Or... Good question. Does Empower look into which countries we want to go to, whether or not it's legal to do what we're doing? The answer is no. Um, we go through a whole, we have a whole series of um, questions that we ask our in-country partner. And we have responsibilities that we fulfill and responsibilities they fulfill. And one of their responsibilities is to decide or to determine whether or not we should go to their country. And they have two approaches. One, they don't go to the government, they describe what they want to do, and they say, is it Okay. And that's really not very successful. The most successful way is to bring us in, have a training, let the students build up a reputation because immediately these people who have never had dental care have people who care about them and they can relieve their pain and suffering. So when the government finds out about it, they come in and they go, what do you think you're doing? This is not legal. And, sorry, their reputation and the community around them will be the ones who stand up for them and say, I can tell you what they're doing and then describe what a great service they're providing that their government is not actually able to provide. More questions? Yes. Okay, that's a great question. What's included in the curriculum? I don't know how this works. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so this is uh, unfortunately be the last question to be answered. So what's in the curriculum? Um, so we we give them a certain 
amount of instruments to use. And so there's information about the instruments. Um, maximum dosage is on anesthetic um, and epinephrine. Uh, you know, some countries actually have been, we've, we've actually got to get them also training on mixing like lidocaine and epinephrine, um, which believe me, if you've, you're not a praying person, that'll make you pray a little bit, okay? So, um, and then uh, obviously tooth numbering, uh, Tooth anatomy, um, sterilization, universal precautions, morphology. Yeah, we have the complications section. Uh, patient history. Day and a half, two days, sometimes a day. Yeah. That's. I mean. We, yeah, yeah, we'll take a skull, but, you know, it's pretty difficult to, in a day and a half, two days to teach somebody about the sinus. I mean, we, and we, we talk about it, but it's such an abstract thing. So, okay. so we're, fin we're finished. Thank you for coming to this session. I did want to tell you, um, we have Caleb from India in the back and Francis from Ghana, and we have done dental training in both of those countries. If you have questions about how well this works in their country. I know they would love to talk about it. And Dr. Charlie Vitico is back there. He's the founder of Empower. And he used to be a dentist. I guess he still is, but he's not practicing. He's in full-time ministry now. And he, he loves to talk about Empower. So talk to Charlie or any of our other dental people. Thank you for coming.